Welcome, everybody. This week's episode has multiple instances of suicide in the movie that we are watching. So this is the trigger warning for that. If that this is something that triggers you, please know that the National Suicide Prevention Hotline or Lifeline is 800-273-8255. Again, that's 800-273-8255. And please remember, as our listeners, you are not alone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another titillating edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, joined by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you today? I'm fabulous. I'm telling you, keeping it clean. We're going to get that fucking contract. Soon. Fabuloso, if you're listening right now. Soon. I know you're not taking anybody right now. Hey, <laughs> we're still here. We're still plugging you. We're still it, doing the work for you. Yeah. In, in the words of... Some people's favorite band. I will wait. I will wait for you. <laughs> Mumford and Sons is nobody's favorite band. <laughs> the one guy, the drummer's listening to this, like, what a fucking dickhead. <laughs> Mumford and Sons clocks the same way that Bohemian Rhapsody does in the sense that Bohemian Rhapsody is nobody's favorite song, but everybody loves Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Got no it. disrespect, drummer of Mumford and Sons, who somehow found us in the aether. We're happy to have you. <laughs> He's just going through reels like these pieces uh-huh. of shit. Uh, <laughs> Little lion, man. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is Tonight Alive did it better. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so anyways, our nonsensical shit aside, welcome again to Under the Floorboards. Uh, this week we did From Within, yes. which is a personal... I watched this movie probably about three months ago, mm-hmm. and I... Abs- like, this is probably... My favorite, like, six movie, Six and a half, yeah. maybe. <laughs> maybe six and yeah, a half. Let's go ahead and get the ratings out of the way. Like, in the first impressions, let's knock it out. I don't know, because I really do like to be at the end, because once you kind of get it all out, and you okay. say what you have to say... Mark then, that. Then we'll it, see yeah. if the rating changes. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We'll, we'll do a hypoth- hypothesis this episode. <laughs> a hypotenuse at the end of the episode. You're right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A, a squared, B squared, uh-huh. C squared. <laughs> I'm going to start off with a 6.5. Go for it. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I'm not going to reveal my answer because I'm confident that it won't change. <laughs> so. I wish I had that confidence, but I do have confidence that you will knock out this itinerary. Here we go. <laughs> this film is directed by Faden Papa Mikel, written by Brad Keane. Elizabeth Rice is going to be our first leading lady. She plays Lindsay. Thomas Decker is coming in as Aiden. Kelly Blatz is Dylan. Laura Allen is Trish. Adam Goldberg is Roy. Britt Robinson is Claire. Margo Harshman is Sadie. And Rumor Willis is Natalie. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, none of them were like fucking Slavic this time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The fjord. <laughs> it's a fjord. <laughs> If you haven't listened to Dead Snow yet, what are you even doing? 100%. So I guess, what what was the first impression of this movie? This was one of those things that like, this is going to be a lot more satisfying when we get to the end of this podcast. Mm -hmm. The same way the movie was satisfying to me. Because we get a lot of realism when it comes. And a lot of like unresolved shit, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I I feel like the, the beauty of this movie really exists at the end. First impressions, first take is this is one that feels very generic. 
mm-hmm. starting out. Yeah. It's a good old haunting curse witchcraft kind mm-hmm. of story set in modern times. We're not dealing with Puritans. <laughs> you and know, just a little touch of darkness. Just a little touch of darkness. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I, I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. That was a good watch, you know, kind of a cool story. Like I said, that, that when we get to the end, you'll understand it. Yeah. yeah. Th- this movie is so much fun. Yeah. Plot wise. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, you made some illusions in it while well, during the watch where w- we were talking about how like, oh, this is just Twilight. It's like, well, first of all, yeah. it's, it's probably closer to Breaking Dawn. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but they they shoved it into an hour and 28 minutes, sure. yeah. which was so sweet. Mm-hmm. We hit that beautiful 90 minute. Yeah. Part. And I think the only thing I missed was this film was released in 2008. Yes. So I was 17 and still a little student in high school. Everything was awesome back then. Except it wasn't. Yeah, everything was par. Yeah. Everything was Twilight, incidentally, in 2008. So this is kind of cool. Yeah, before actually getting into it, my my only interaction with the Twilight saga, I guess, if you can call it that. Mm -hmm. You can. I know, I know. I just fucking hate it. But I went with my girlfriend at the time to see New Moon. I did too. And I had no context for Twilight other than the fact that, you know, Edward Cullen was a beautiful, sparkly vampire and uh, Kristen Stewart was in the movie. Uh, (laughs) Kristen Stewart was there. And and apparently all the Native Americans are werewolves. (laughs) Like that was that was the whole plot. line. White people still believe Native Americans are beasts. Never forget it. (laughs) savages happy fourth of july everyone yeah that's such a great take that's such a great take uh this is probably like the longest opening we're gonna have no 100 that's fine it's not gonna take us very long to get through the plot of this movie so i feel bad uh so uh you know i go to take her to see it as any good boyfriend would do at the time yes and uh she was very torn between myself and somebody else at the time Oh, no. That's so fucking funny, dude, because that's the same shit that happened to me. (laughs) We didn't go see New Moon, but we went to see the original Twilight. It was the Uh, same dynamic. Well, see, I was more excited for New Moon because I was like, I love werewolves. Yeah. Like, anybody, like, in this cast going forward should know about me. It's not just the native thing. Mm -hmm. I just fucking love werewolves. And at this point, we might as well just watch Twilight because I prefer vampires. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I got to tell you, the premise of all of those movies are just people circling Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes where nothing fucking happens. There's no fights. There's no battles. There's just a circle jerk for 20 fucking minutes at a time. I'm going to spoil it for you. In the last one, there's a fight that happens finally and a lot of fucking people die and it's kind of shocking and everything. But like suddenly, like none of it matters because it was all a vision. It was all a projection. It was all a dream. (laughs) Word Up magazine, dudes. (laughs) Anyway, this movie has nothing to do with Twilight aside from the fact that it was shot in a really kind of murky tree area of Maryland. It was Grovestown, Maryland. Which is I wrote not, it down as White Town. Sure, <laughs> this is not the name of the town. The town which it was filmed, though, however, was very historic and had mm-hmm. a lot of um, history involving witch trials and things like yeah, that. Yeah, a so, lot of heritage racism as well. 100%. Like we kind of hit all the marks on that. Um, and so we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. Like I said, this plot isn't super thick, so I feel like we can kind of just motor through it. Oh here. yeah. We're going to open with a guy, Sean, Sean, yeah, Mm -hmm. and uh, who we find out to be Natalie, a.k.a. his girlfriend, a.k.a. the sort of surrogate. The dime store Kristen Stewart. Sure. 
like I said, it's Twilight. Um, <laughs> and, and Sean is reading a book in a language which the subtitles dubbed as a foreign language, when in reality it's a demonic language, <laughs> a grimoire, as it yeah. were. You know what I mean? You would think it would be like ancient Sumerian okay. or something, yeah. but you know, mm-hmm. I don't think they had the forethought for that. They were just like, oh, it's another country. The Turkish have demons too. (laughs) But then you look into the book, uh, you get like two introspectives actually like looking into the grimoire and it's just like, it's Cyrillic, but it's not Russian. Yeah. And it's But it kind of has that draw to it almost. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's vague. And I think that was... It's almost Nordic. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was by design really supposed to be kind of linguistically influenced by multicultural, you know what I mean? The devil is all of us, right? You know what I mean? (laughs) And it was was so awkward because they're like sitting by the lakeside because it's Maryland uh-huh. and there's lakes and fucking shores yeah. literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting with dime store, Kristen Stewart, and he's reading out of the book and she's just like, what did you read? Cause she's like, you know, in black fishnets uh-huh. and like torn black shirt. Yeah. Like she's very, uh, not even emo, just very goth, uh-huh. like very classic. Non-conformist. Goth We're going against all of the fashion norms. She wears boots. <laughs> this is a blue collar to kind of set the stage for you guys. This is a blue collar ultra, Christian, ultra conservative mm-hmm. town that we're set in right now. So anything that's remotely different is cast out, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so being able to symbolize that in the way you dress is directly repellent mm-hmm. of everything. So it would make sense that they were into Satan, right? <laughs> everybody had the My Chemical Romance cuts. Yeah, 100%. So everybody that was not part of mm-hmm. the, uh, the pseudo-Christian aspect sure. of it all. Uh, so he reads out of the book and she's you know, like, what are you reading? And he just goes, he literally just tells her, you're really going to hate this next part. And he pulls out a fucking revolver and just blows his fucking brains out. For kill, kill number, number one. one. Sean via suicide via gunshot. If you haven't picked up on it by now, there is a lot of suicide in this movie. I tried to be graceful when I did the trigger warning, mm-hmm. but my first thought was there is so much fucking suicide yeah. in this movie. Yeah. This is literally the happening. Yeah, I don't even know what you said because I wasn't here for it, but if you were <laughs> sensitive to self-harm, to guns, to any form of anything like that, don't watch this movie if you're in a weird headspace right now because it is filled. That's the whole point of this entire This is also your story. last warning. Yeah, 100%. We, we gave you yeah. the hotline twice. <laughs> We're about to make fun of suicide for like an hour. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, 100%. Hard cut. We meet our heroine protagonist, mm-hmm. quote unquote, final girl, as yeah. you mark that. Lindsay. And we'll, Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay S-A-Y. is in a small, this is kind of like, like I said, small town Americana. So this is mm-hmm. the drag of the main street where there's two stores that sell clothes. She's in one of them and she's buying the dress so she can wear it to church because mm-hmm. her previous dress showed too much skin. Yeah, she looked like a whore next to her right. alcoholic mother. Her dress was, the hem was above her knees. <laughs> and the, Shame. The dresses that she was that she was looking at were some of the frumpiest and homeliest things mm-hmm. I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, and it was they, a goodwill. <laughs> nobody do it like Bernie. No, you're right. Introduce uh-huh. Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> so Bernie was the uh, store owner, right? Uh-huh. And which was... Like, for a super Christian store, it was really weird to have, like, a male owner, like, kind of trying to help a woman dress yeah. and be like... You're not dressing for you. You're dressing for the Lord. Yeah, you're dressing for God this yeah. week. And it's 100%. like, God, Sunday sucks. Yeah, 100%. Her mom, who's with her, is kind of just nodding her head. That's right, Bernie. <laughs> That's right. She's had, like, a fifth already yeah. today. Like, <laughs> this woman is... Our, mm-hmm. like. 
I will say, uh, Laura Allen, uh, who was playing the mother, also known as Trish, mm-hmm. of Lindsay, uh, did a phenomenal job of, like, even in that first scene, you could tell that she was tanked. Those right? alcoholic eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> or maybe she was tanked. Maybe I don't know if they did that in practical makeup or practical effects or if they just added that in post, but she looked slightly jaundiced around the mm-hmm. eyes, and it was it was very well done. So, er, yeah, anyway, her demeanor yeah, was effective. fantastic for it. Uh, Enter Natalie, Natalie, right? Dime store Kristen Stewart. Covered in the blood <laughs> of her fallen lover, right? And then we get our first instance of she starts screaming, did you see her? She was right behind me. Yeah. She was following me. And we're like, who the fuck is she, yeah, right? Literally didn't see anybody. Yeah, yeah. You, this bitch is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, she, Bernie comes down, who is her father, mm-hmm. and kneels down and says, oh my God, honey, are you okay? What happened to you? And she just like splurts out, it's not my blood. She was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? So, yeah. so whose blood is it? It was, uh-huh. Sean, it, was, it was Sean's blood. Say more. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I need to take you into the back room with the mannequins and talk to you You're about this. You're kind of making a scene in front of the four regulars that I have in here. <laughs> in a store that makes $20 a week. Right. We made a sale. Brings home like <laughs> a Big Mac combo. <laughs> he put half a tank of gas. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 2008. It was. It was a full tank of gas. It was a full tank of gas back then. <laughs> the the inception of the Prius. Anyway, yeah, so we have um, this. I thought it was kind of a cool uh, illusionary quote from Natalie where she says, I need to find somebody who knows what he lived. Yes. And that. It broke so much ground in this movie. Right. And mm-hmm. that's one of the coolest parts about this movie so far is it was the little nuances they it was the trail uh-huh. we found along right. the way <laughs> these little hints, these little breadcrumbs right mm-hmm. you know and you know she gets taken back in the back and bernie's talking to her and he's just like baby it's okay like no one's here to hurt you i need you to tell me what was going on she tries to explain it to him he's like i will be right back i need to go call the authorities because he's I mean, like any any reasonable father is he's trying to make sure that she's on the front end of this, mm-hmm. right? Like that this is already taken care of because somebody is fucking dead right now. And then we get our first instance of kind of seeing the supernatural, the supernatural right. aspect of it. Yeah. We, uh, there's actually, it's very quick, but in the back of the store while she's sitting down, uh, there's a window up to the right and there's just a figure that kind of walks by it really quick. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so like, if you weren't paying attention, you fucking miss mm-hmm. it. Um, which I think I missed it the first time I watched this yeah. movie. And Natalie, or uh, sorry, not not Natalie, Lindsay is still in the room with her mm-hmm. and trying to calm her down. They know each other from school mm-hmm. and obviously from, I guess, church. Sure. This girl didn't yeah. look like she went to church mm-hmm. very often and, you know, sleeps with pagans. But yeah, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> That's where the five comes from. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs> under the floorboards, five. 100%. Uh, <laughs> what's in the basement? A pentagram. <laughs> Uh, so she starts yelling at Lindsay, like, close close the window. They're trying to come in. So she goes up. She closes the window. She's like, calm down. Everything is fine. I'll be right back. And again, right. we leave this girl by her fucking self. And, you know, the mom comes in. She's like, you need to make sure that you take care of your friend. While Bernie's like, I'm going to go back and take mm-hmm. care of my daughter. Like, there's this weird circle jerk of, like, going in and out of the room instead of staying with the person who is covered in fucking blood. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> Doors slam shut mm-hmm. behind Lindsay. Second supernatural. Right, yeah. <laughs> and we kind of, there. we have that first like, 
oh fuck, fuck. you know what I mean? <laughs> not only is there a, an evil presence here but it can act independently from the mm. body this isn't a possession scenario this is something that it, you're right so we talk about mm. what haunting we see are, that a little the bit different aspects too. of it and that kind of thing how it applies mm. and that sort of thing so bernie and Lindsay are fucking working the door trying to get it mm. open just as soon as they're able to pull it ajar we got our kill number fucking two. Natalie's dead. She has a pair of scissors in her neck. I like that it was just one of the blades. Too, yeah. So the other one was just kind of. Natalie dangling. is dead. She has a scissor in her neck. <laughs> she has a scissor. <laughs> Getting slizzard. It was fucking ridiculous. And like a really good. I don't know the name of the actor that played Bernie. I didn't write it down. But it was a really. It was uh, Jared Harris. Thank you. He had a really genuine reaction. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't like no, Natalie. <laughs> it was like no, 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 God, no. Oh, Natalie, no. Well, you know Jared I mean? Harris was the only yeah. person I've really seen in a lot of other uh, yeah. secondary work. Yeah, so I, think, I was yeah. like, wow, he's really putting the stars and yeah. stripes into this he, fucking yeah. acting. A hundred percent. The cops are on it. We're sort of investigating, you know, almost like, immediately, right? Like it's, it's a sort of it's sort of instantaneously, and we get another cut. Lindsay is weirdly okay. Yeah. You she, know what I mean? She adjusts to that very quickly. Right. And she's having a conversation. We're, we're going to start. Now that we've established what the mechanic is here, we'll see if you guys, your listeners can pick up on what the point of all of this is, how mm-hmm. this operates in that. Yeah. Kind of so I'm going to start booking through this next little part because this is kind of where we get our story set up and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll paraphrase a lot of this. <laughs> um, Lindsay is having a conversation with her friend who we find out to be named Claire, mm-hmm. who is also cousin, stepsister. What I, are we, what are I we think thinking? that's just friend. Friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. We'll go with yeah. friend. And they are having a conversation about drinking. They're having a conversation about sex and that kind of thing. They're having, Sin. That, you know, that kind of like, a post-pubescent teenage, I can really only open up with this about about this with my friends because of the household that See, I live Claire in. Claire yeah. felt like the friend that was just cool enough. Right. Like, they, they weren't going to uh, pressure you to do coke mm-hmm. or something like that, but they also were like, hey, you should probably loosen up a little bit. Lindsay's main beef being her mother. Mm-hmm. Claire makes the comment, well, dude, she's not even your real mom. Why do you care? You know? <laughs> and now we kind of see the position that, like, Lindsay's actually in because mm-hmm. it's like, Okay, so that's not her real mom. We already have figured out by the fact that she's a complete alcoholic that mm-hmm. she's probably a single parent already. Right. And dad, and we, we do find out later that dad is just nowhere to be found. Yeah. The, the other uh, interesting thing, because this is going to come back later, is uh, Claire makes a comparison to Romeo and Juliet. And she said, no, it was a passion killing. It was just like Romeo and Juliet, where Juliet drank the fucking poison and everything. Okay, first of all, Juliet didn't drink poison. <laughs> That was Romeo who drank the poison. Yeah, because so Romeo's just, a fucking idiot. Just pointing that out. Anyway, <laughs> that's fine. You should read your text in English instead of copying the spark notes because you will make mistakes. <laughs> anyway, there's a couple of things. It isn't a sin. Hey, Jesus drank wine all the time, all that kind of So anyway, um, then we meet the boyfriend, right? Dylan. Yes. We kind of cut back to school the next day or maybe we were on our way to school. I don't really know. Well, so, so actually, before we make it back to the school, we have... Oh, never mind. You're right. You're right. We meet Dylan at their home. Yeah. At the home. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we meet Dylan at home and which is weird that he's just hanging out there. Because the movie did a good job of telling this. This was happening on Saturday, (laughs) which makes sense because she was buying a dress for church the next day. So anyway, yeah, we're Saturday. No school. We're at home. Yeah. Yeah. They they kind of pick and chose when they were telling us days and dates were happening. I still Um, appreciate it because I'm incapable of keeping track of stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we, we meet Dylan for the first time. Yeah. 
And there's like this really weird scene where she walks into the kitchen. She pulls a pitcher of lemonade out and uh, she goes to pour one for herself. She offers one to Dylan, who is very clearly her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just, no, no, I'm good. I, I, I don't do lemonade. Yeah. Sugar. Sugar's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it is sweet. And he just fucking pulls yeah. out the angel. Right. Like, it's like this glass angel pendant. And yeah. I was like, you couldn't even like shell out for mm-hmm. the string to put it around your fucking neck. Yeah, they didn't have Swarovski in the room. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely had cubic. Right, yeah. <laughs> in my notes, it just says the boyfriend is weird. That'll, that'll yeah. bear repeating. <laughs> yeah, we'll see many instances mm-hmm. of him just like kind of having... It's not even in, uh, be like a descent into being a zealot. He just inherently already he just is, is and he's already got, because he's operating in a town where everybody else is the same way, he blends in really well. So mm-hmm. it's not inherently weird within the context of the, the scenario. You know, it's weird for everybody else that has come from a church background and knows what the red flags fucking are. You know what <laughs> I mean? Can, like me. I'm talking about me. <laughs> Um, it was me. <laughs> it was me the whole time. <laughs> Judas. Um, no, so we get another hard cut and we're back at the store, right? Mm-hmm. And like, he's like closing up for the night and it's, there's a figure we see in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's more of a shadow figure. It's still deliberately yeah. vague because yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't need to, you know what I mean? We haven't yeah. really crossed that threshold mm-hmm. yet into what they are. And he goes to turn off the lights. He sees the figure in the background, but the figure is moving. And he's like, that's not a fucking mannequin. <laughs> Mannequins freak me out anyway. Like, I don't know if I've ever told you this story or if we have time to go on this diatribe. But, like, my dad and if my... If we don't, I'll edit it out. That's fine. My dad and my grandfather both mutually owned uh, this tobacco shop in the mall that's local here. Uh, okay. And so I would spend a lot of time after school, before church, after church, whatever, sure. when I was really little, hanging out with dad so mom could do oh. school stuff and mom could do work stuff and that kind of thing. Uh, one time I got locked out of the back of the store, which was an access hallway for like deliveries and shipments and things like that. Next to it was a um, department store. I can't remember if it was Belk or JCPenney, but it was one of them. Right? Yeah. There were so many mannequins that were just <laughs> in this back area. And I was locked out, separated from my dad. I didn't know where I was. There were people smoking cigarettes back there. You know what I mean? That was, I got fucking scared. So I have a hard time with mannequins. They're all just staring so at you. So I feel you. That's not a mannequin is actually like top three for me. Like, <laughs> like worst possible scenario. That's no mannequin. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah so he turns the lights on and then as the viewer you can kind of tell that like where the shadow figure was is gone mm-hmm. right uh so he goes to flip the lights back off he sees it one more time he's like you need to get the fuck out of here and as he flips it on we have this like cr- th- this was the craziest scene in the entire movie because yep. there were about I, it felt like between eight and 12 different snippets. Frames. Uh, yeah, like within uh, yeah, a, yeah. Uh, just frames yeah. of different shit that was happening or going to happen. I couldn't really tell because I was, I, it felt like a flash of an acid trip where it yeah. just like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> and he just goes, ah, right. <laughs> but we get another hard cut. We don't know if he's dead or not yet because now it's Sunday church day. Lindsay's got a new dress. Papa's got a brand new bag mm-hmm. and all that shit. You know what I mean? So they're talking about before we go to church, Lindsay, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Grogan. Yes, which is a yeah. fucking gross name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucking uh, hate it. <laughs> Lindsay and uh, her mother Trisha, her stepmother, I suppose, are talking about the the what's happening on TV. 
Oh, I heard that was a witch. I heard they killed that boy. I heard that whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever the fuck. You the, know. the small town stipulations mm-hmm. of what was going on. But we get the line from the mom. Well, honey, if you believe in the light, you also have to believe in the dark. Which, which is something I genuinely subscribe to. That makes perfect sense. If you are a spiritual person and you believe in angelic figures or a benevolent mm-hmm. being, you subsequently believe in like malevolent evil mm-hmm. or some kind of antithesis right some kind of duality which also notably was the tagline of the movie right (laughs) she said the thing she did it yeah so yeah they're trying to like kind of navigate that so now we're at church a mega church asterisk (laughs) i'm so excited to tag joel osteen in this episode because joel i'm fucking coming for you welcome to it fucker (laughs) yeah dude you know what if you're listening to this like many people i know have said to before you are a piece of shit welcome to it fucker yeah exactly just so you know we know how much money they found in the walls of your fucking mega church yeah but i'll get off my high horse that was really for Mm -hmm. the listeners uh one more time joel osteen's a piece of shit Uh, (laughs) and we start with this uh joel osteen uh style sermon Uh you know we're in this mega church Mm -hmm. there's a small choir of white people behind him prosperity gospel mode you know yeah yeah and and here here's my biggest thing about because i grew up in church i'm not one that partakes these days um but but something i noticed uh about this church that really emulated uh olstein or osteen or osteen uh, fuck him but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can mispronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what What am I going to do? Go to hell? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, he misquotes the Bible all the time. Well, so. <laughs> and that was kind of my biggest thing is like, it feels like now we know that this whole town is very cultish because we're in that mode where religion has been weaponized. Yeah. And we're also, here was my biggest thing for people following Osteen mm-hmm. is he all he's not a minister. He is a motivational speaker. Yeah. All he does is get up there and tell you, you can fucking yeah. do it. You know, yeah. I say it cooler because I can say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all it was. Yeah. It was just, and you know, the minister gets up there, does his motivational speech lightly. And I mean like feather tone lightly mm-hmm. touches on the fact that there are suicides happening in the city mm-hmm. right or i actually i guess there's only one that at this we know point yeah, right there's yeah, only 100%. one that we know about yeah. so far and uh you know he gives his sermon he walks off stage and he's confronted by dylan who is his son his son and they have this crazy duality about uh because uh, dylan even makes the comment to him like you know, this was something that people need to be lit a fire under. You and you skimmed you, over the details. You read like it off it was a of, traffic accident. You read it off of a prayer card is the mm-hmm. line that he used that I really liked. I thought that was clever. Which is funny because he re- really could have said that to Osteen. I'm not going to keep going on and on about yeah. him. That dude just fucking lights me up. <laughs> and he even, uh, Dylan in this case, even makes the comment, we lost one of our own and you should have drawn more attention to that. You know yeah. What I mean? So Dylan is very... Like idealistic, even feels too conservative, right? Yeah. Like in, in terms of like how he is so on fire to the point that he absolutely ble- like like everything in the world is fucking black and white, right? You know, he's the I mean? one who yeah. picks up the torch first, and yeah. mayonnaise is too spicy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we we kind of get that tribulation is already starting yeah. between father and mm-hmm. son, and 
you know, you, you can almost see that I, I, they've got to be around 16, right? It's Plus kinda, or minus. It, yeah. yeah We're in kinda, high school. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm looking at for yeah. Dylan. And I kind of see him as being the, I can be a better leader than my father. 100%. Already. Yeah, We're right. already getting those. Uh, which is common. So now we kind of have Roy, who is the dude who is banging Trisha, mm-hmm. who is... Uh, Lindsay's stepmother, parental guardian, whatever the fuck you want to call right. it for the rest of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're riding in his truck on the way back and he's just kind of being a fucking weirdo. Yeah, he kind of looks like he'd call you a slur. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he it sort of, he reads that way with the facial hair and the trucker hat and all that shit, you know? And this is that moment where you sort of get into the way Christians who are hyper Christians and super Neo Christian and all that shit is like, I hate that term. It's so real. And I it is that real. Term. And that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> where they still have basic carnal reptilian human desire, mm-hmm. which is to fuck and reproduce. And basically mama is getting turned on by the fact that, you know, Roy is kind of talking dirty, whispering in her ear on the way home from church blah, 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 blah. and everything. <laughs> We've done the religious stuff, you know, whatever. Yeah, now it's time to so drink and fuck. He kind of keeps eyeballing Lindsay, though. And Lindsay has to pull her skirt down over her knees to It was so him. subtle, too. It was, and it was just like, I kind of feel that, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I feel like people that des- that feel like if they believe hard enough, they'll get what they want mm-hmm. out of life, really do believe that they can just... You know, yeah. go for it. Full send, right? So I just, he kind of looked like Dale Jr. I'm not talking about Dale Jr. Please don't let this reflect the way that you feel about We don't him. want to offend our racetrack fans. We do want to offend our Osteen followers. He does look like bearded Dale Jr. wearing sunglasses, though. So, so sorry. I just put it down as Dale Jr. is weird. As they're driving down the road, though, this cop with his lights on, is pursuing the truck that they're in. And Roy, being himself, is like, oh, fuck, what I do now? The cop moves around them and takes a turn to where the store is. Mm-hmm. They it's are the same clothing the store. The same clothing store and everything that we've revisited a couple times. We're back at the store again. The truck pulls up behind the cop car and they are wheeling the body of Bernie out. Mm-hmm. Turns out we, in fact, did have kill number three with Bernie at the store. We did, so. in fact, have kill number three. Yeah. Kill number fucking three with Bernie. Do it like Bernie. Do it like Bernie. And uh, notably. Sometimes you just trip acid too hard. <laughs> Um, it wasn't super important, but he was found by his niece, yes. who does not have a large role in this because, uh, like, the body count in this mm-hmm. is very equivocable to. Uh, we have a double digit body count. Yeah, it's it's actually I think it's the same body count as uh, Friday the Thirteenth, which is a tight. Class, I, I, yeah, I think we, I really think we hit that class. magic yeah, number. Hundred yeah. percent. And that's kind of it for Sunday. So this is the end of the day. Did you have one more? There, there yeah. is one more okay. thing that I think is super fucking important yeah. is we get the very first glimpse. So like when the body is being taken out, uh, you know, the cu- the nephew of Bernie, the niece. Cu- or sorry, the, the niece, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> the, the niece of Bernie and the cousin to Natalie mm-hmm. is like outside of the store crying. And then we see her mm-hmm. standing in the crowd with her head down but we know that it's not her because we were just looking at her so we're looking at a reflective yeah. like apparition mm-hmm. of herself in the crowd it was mm-hmm. very it follows yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. and i this was the this was the first instance where we we're like oh 
Fuck! If you haven't picked up on it at this point, the mechanic of the way this ghost operates has everything to do with the person who is nearest to the death is the person that will receive death next. Yeah, they pick up the curse. Mm-hmm. 100%. Which feels like it's just some entity that kind of... Fought, or, that is the worst case of AIDS I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> The 2008 COVID hit different. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're at school on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. And Dylan is getting in a fight with a Satanist. Yeah, so the, it was funny. A quote unquote Satanist, right? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Lindsay's like walking with her friends mm-hmm. and they're like, oh man, Dylan's about to kick somebody's ass. Which also Dylan has like probably, I don't know, a hundred pounds soaking wet. Like I could yeah. eat this kid. Mm-hmm. I might. I might actually eat him. <laughs> These horror movies are doing shit to my brain. Fuck you, Kelly Blatz. <laughs> uh, God, I can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's standing in front of the character that we will come to find known as Aiden. Mm-hmm. Aiden is Sean's brother. And obviously Dylan knows that he is part of this family. So when we were talking earlier about... Uh, Jimmy Grosen or Grogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know. You're it's fine. gross. It's yeah. gross. Jimmy Gross, man. <laughs> Jimmy Grogan uh, drowning outside of this alleged witch's house. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the story was that she killed herself. She died on accident. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, everyone else in the town who's in the know kind of knows that that family is quote-unquote witchcraft. Yeah. Like, they're evil. They worship Satan. They well, reject and, yeah, God. And like, so we get a little bit of a foray into the concept of if you don't go to church, you don't get to be a part of society. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Because that's literally what they have. Everything else is completely hearsay, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Objection, hearsay. And I would like to point out in this scene, uh, so Dylan kind of grabs him, and just fucking cold cocks him. And then there was a line that he delivered. It was something, uh, thy pain is thy, what is it? Thy pain is thy blessing or something like that. Retribution or something like that. Your burden to bear or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't, basically, he, he really, Dylan in this case, really does believe that by harming another human being that doesn't share in his beliefs, he's doing God's work. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's very, it's like Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction, but not cool. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> but not with, yeah. Yeah. So he like, he's beating the shit out of Aiden on the mm-hmm. ground. And then Lindsay comes up and she's like, no, stop it. You have to stop this yeah. right now. Like, just because like, I, you can't assault people, dude. Right. So <laughs> Lindsay's coming in with a very clear mind. She's like, yeah, uh, break it up, dudes. Aiden's gotten the worst of it, obviously, because, you know. What's he supposed to do? If he swings at Dylan, the crowd of people mm. that have circled around them will devour him, right? It's like when you drop the N-word, like you you yeah. just have to expect that you're going to get fucked up yeah, by get, everyone. You're going to get rained on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so there's this moment, and we're going to start galloping here a little bit, but like there's this moment where Aiden and Lindsay have a little bit of a connection. They have a little bit of a mutual understanding that both of them are deeply unsettled by the way that the people in this town behave. And the only thing I would like to say about that fight though, is I think that's our first insight since Aiden wasn't fighting back. Oh, sure. I think it's because he knew. Yeah. Well, we know now that it's because he knew, but right. 
he felt like he didn't have to fight back because mm-hmm. he knew what was coming for Dylan. Right, 100%. And that, that'll make sense here in a few minutes. Lindsay offers him a ride home, and we make it back to Aiden's house. They kind of have this weird exchange. Aren't you going to come in? Um, wasn't going to. Do you have stuff for those cuts in your house? Yeah, in my house. Do you want to come in? He's <laughs> like, fuck it. All right, fine. His tools are vodka. <laughs> yeah, vodka and um, like cotton balls, yeah. I think was literally all it was, which is super sick. That's a tight flex. Anybody that's ever had to clean something with proper like drinking grade alcohol is a fucking warrior. And I appreciate you. Um, and they talk about Sean for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he he makes uh, Aiden makes mention that his cousin Sadie is coming down from up north to come to the funeral mm-hmm. and everything. Um, so we're kind of getting some. Uh, the family tree is starting to sort of appear here here and everything. Um, And as they're maneuvering their way through this, like admittedly gorgeous house on this gorgeous piece of property in front of the lake and everything. Incredible. I think you talked about the windows for like the windows. That's what I'm saying. Like that kind of architecture, I'm just a fucking slut for. So that's cool. Um, (laughs) But as they're looking out the window, um, they, um, Lindsay notices there's this charred wood Mm -hmm. and this kind of pit out, probably like, 15 to 20 yards away from the the house itself. You, you actually know. had a great view from the window. Yeah, appropriately, <laughs> you know. Um, and Aiden says that's where they burned my mom. Yeah. And, and you know, we have... So now we get the alternate perspective on how all this Yeah, because right? we kind of have uh, Lindsay playing, quote-unquote, devil's advocate mm-hmm. in this... <laughs> and being like, you know... That's not what I heard. What I heard was it happened like this. I heard that she fucking killed herself because she couldn't deal with the gravity of uh, Jimmy Grogan dying in her uh, dying in her lake. Mm-hmm. You know, because she wasn't there to save him. This, that, and the other. And of course, like the Edward Cullen character that we have, who's just holding a bottle of vodka and fucking cringing his arms together, is just like this. Don't know what can happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't even know. So now we have like another hard cut right. to cousin, the, cousin, <laughs> the, the cousin. Yeah, the cousin. <laughs> and she's just like, I don't even know how old she is because yeah. she. It feels like she lives alone, right? Because there was no one else in this double mm-hmm. wide when she's like, she's like in her short shortest of short shorts right. and like a fucking tank top. Yeah. It's pouring rain Jay outside, chillin'. Yeah. <laughs> just chilling. Yeah, and she's in the kitchen or uh, sorry, the kitchen dining room. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maryland. Yeah, <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> and then she kind of like looks over or she starts hearing like the creaking again, mm-hmm. like this apparition or whatever the curse is, whatever the embodiment is mm-hmm. can kind of touch things outside of itself. Sure. And, you know, we start to hear like the doors creak uh-huh. and shit starts to fall and she turns around and she sees her uh, again, the reflection of herself. I was going to say Kid Cuddy starts playing landslide. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't get that reference, please subscribe to our Patreon. Ayo, shameless self-plug. Let's get it. Under yeah. the floorboards five. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm pay so us. good at this fucking job. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's she's maneuvering within like the realms of reality, sub-reality, and things like reflections and yeah. you know noises and things that can be happening simultaneously with reality itself and everything. But the ghost, apparition, geist, demon, whatever the fuck it is, because we are never given clarity on this. No, to be no, totally no. honest, it's just the curse. It operates as a curse. Yeah, right? it has one job and it's to kill the person that has the curse it will 
by appearing <laughs> as themselves and forcing them to commit suicide mm-hmm. in a in a way that doesn't they're not actually committing suicide they're murdering them with suicide and able to because it's themselves that are killing themselves yeah that's the metaphor of suicide i yeah. suppose you know what i mean and so it makes you kill yourself all the things start lining up sean shoots himself in the head mm-hmm. um natalie stabs herself in the neck bernie like hung himself right yeah, yeah so all of it and um in the case of kill number four kill number fucking four cousin cousin <laughs> cuts her wrists on broken window panes with glass and shards and everything because that scene that scene was fucking incredible because she literally like looks up into the mirror and she's like oh she's like oh thank god it's just me right. and then she, <laughs> right. and then and she then, looks back oh it's not me <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's not me <laughs> It looked like they fucking used a cheese grater. And then somehow we see her body in the next... Is, is it the next scene? Uh, no, Yeah. Yeah, it, on the side of the road, yeah, like off like, of an exit ramp. Yeah, I was like, how the fuck did you even get down here? And again, this is our transmission of VD right here. Mm-hmm. It's like she's uh, laying on the side of this underpass and uh, Claire Blondie... A uh, friend of uh, Lindsay is driving through, and they kind of like always cue it to whenever right. it gets transferred because it's like uh, the music gets really soft. It's mm-hmm. not very intense, and then like a- every actor in this movie actually kind of has a little bit of a Ooh. yeah <laughs> shiver. Yeah, I'm inside me. <laughs> and there's a couple of things that happen real quick too. We'll just keep booging through this. Um, Mom Trisha is mad at Lindsay for hanging out with Aiden and for treating Dylan so badly. So there's Even that though Dylan's a fucking cock. Yeah, and so there's that like, yeah, fuck you, Mom. Well, fuck you, Lindsay. Slap. You know what I mean? And everything. Slap, bitch. Yeah. Um, that notably the title card for that was not Monday, Tuesday. It just said 10 p.m., <laughs> uh, which I thought was funny. Uh, we cut to Tuesday, like you said, um, Blondie, as I have in my notes, who's Claire, <laughs> picks up the curse. Um, and we're in school at this point, and Claire is past a note that has, like, satanic imagery and that kind of thing. I forgot what it said on it, but it was something like, you know. We really got it from the shittiest angle. Yeah. Like, I don't even know why they even put that in the movie. Because we were in that classroom scene for, like, maybe 30 seconds. Right. We go to the cafeteria, and there's a dude from, like, four tables back that's holding up devil horns. Like, <laughs> look at that. You have sex with demons. Right. <laughs> Claire comes over, and hey, she's like, hey, if he's got a friend, hook me up with him. <laughs> and that's the whole scene, right? So, like, like Lindsay is being bullied. Claire is still a clutch emotional support and everything, you know? <laughs> we step outside, and Dylan's having a Bible club meeting. Oh, I, my fucking God. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, all I right. hated this shit. It was a I, great elective. I, I never took it, but I can imagine. I hated this shit. Because he, he's just like trying to rally the troops mm-hmm. against, you know, one dude. Yeah. Like he has all these supernatural powers, which he does. Yeah. But- <laughs> and he's he's mad at Lindsay, too. Right. And they yeah, so- for being a whore. They sort of. She wasn't with him. She right. was with somebody else. And how dare she. That fucking whore. <laughs> act autonomously away from a toxic relationship that she doesn't agree with the principles that it's based on. That is my body, goddammit. Right. As exactly. soon as we marry, I'm going to sex that so hard. Your body, your fucking choice. Fuck the Roe v. Wade decision. Sorry, I don't mean to get on this diet No, but I we just had under like the floorboards believe in freedom. So <laughs> yeah. outside of that, that's why we talk shit about people like Joel Osteen. 100%. Anyway, we're going to keep moving forward with this. We kind of get to uh, uh, Claire in the bathroom at the school. I guess she's 
post school at this oh, point. Oh yeah, so she's yeah. there's like we think that we're looking at Claire because it is the actress looking into the mirror, yeah. and then you start to see the door jiggle behind, yeah. and it's Claire coming out. Uh-huh. You know, so this is our first the toilet uh, flushes. Yeah, yeah we're right. seeing how close this curse is it's to a her. Patient right now. curse waiting on her. That was respectful. <laughs> Let her at least finish her shit. Yeah, please finish. Please finish shitting before I murder you. Like uh-huh. I'm not trying to make this a harder cleanup for you know the people on scene. It's just a shitty situation all around. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and then like we have like a, we have a very short nonsensical scene where. Um, Lindsay is at the police station and she's talking to, I guess, the one cop that's mm-hmm. there because I've I've not seen another cop yeah. in this fucking movie. Right. And she, he's just like, yeah, you know, there's all these suicide hotspots and I guess this is becoming it's, one of them. I was like, that is science. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird fucking flex. Yeah. It, again, it felt like in a... I'm aware of the suicide hotspots. What the fuck? It feels like in... Uh, uh, Friday the 13th when they start talking about the full moon and he's just like god I wish this full moon would stop happening because people would stop fucking raping each other and murdering <laughs> each <Yeah>. other <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ dude like I don't I, I guess this is like astrology yeah. <laughs> like we're just a suicide hotspot now right, in fucking yeah. Grovestown Maryland my mercury's in Gatorade <laughs> <laughs> only glacial freeze though <laughs> Gatorade if you want to sponsor somebody yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I think we say fuck way too much for Gatorade <laughs> just fucking do it Nike I need some shoes <laughs> fucking pretty shoes Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. fucking loving it McDonald's <laughs> god I'm gonna have to edit so much shit out uh, yeah, so, so anyways uh, we have a hard cut from this nonsensical scene yeah. to uh, Claire, who is driving her fucking Oldsmobile, I we guess. I go warn Aiden. This yeah. is getting heavy. <laughs> we're, we're covering up a lot of these suicides as murders. And the Spindles, his last name is Spindle, mm-hmm. are getting pegged for a lot of it. It's all being pinned <laughs> on them. Yeah, right? right. She walks in. She hears a piano playing. That's appropriate because she always knew he was a liar when he said that he wasn't a piano player. So she steps in. But guess what? Sadie's here, down from up north Fucking for the funeral. Smoke show, Sadie. Whew. We're like, she literally got cast on her eyes. Hundred percent. Holy God. Um, but if you can level me while playing piano, I'll just marry you. Just <laughs> like hundred percent. Well, and she was very much the very strong female mm-hmm. character in this yeah. show, in this movie, which it very much needed. Yeah, Sadie didn't give a fuck. Dude. Yeah, she, <laughs> she reminded us a lot of uh, Katie from mm-hmm. The Magicians. Mm-hmm. For anybody out here out here watching one of the greatest shows that's ever touched television, that nobody gives a fuck about for whatever yeah, reason. Like I it's, know. it's so quality. It, no, there, it was like that show was on television at the same time that Game of Thrones was, and that was a a substantially better show. Yeah. And I will fucking die on that mm-hmm. hill. Um, but anyways, so we meet our strong female lead, and it's funny too because like she kind of walks in that you kind of get her vibe as soon as Lindsay walks through the door because she like knocks, nobody answers. She pushes the door that's like slightly open, and she walks in. She goes, "Hello, 
the door was open. And Sadie just goes, so you just came in? Right. <laughs> that makes it okay, huh? And then, yeah. like, you know, they uh, Lindsay goes to shake Sadie's hand and says, hey, I'm Lindsay. I'm fucking Aiden's friend. And she just, like, very prince-like, just grabs her hand and just fucking kisses it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so uh, we, we kind of, like, have this... The, the rest of the scene is kind of nonsensical. Right? It is, like, right? Because they, they kind of just say that, like... All these people are fucking killing themselves. Yeah, and, like, Sadie has that point where she's like, I really miss Sean. Yeah. You know, I hate that he's gone, and I hate that, like... And she's speaking to Aiden at this point. I hate that you don't seem to be focused on what the mission is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is where the plot really starts right. to kind of come together for the family. It's right. starting to it's starting to be real. Not that they didn't kind of hand you that at the beginning of the movie. So they they kind of say, um, Lindsay says, Hey, can I go can I talk to you alone, Aiden? This third wheel is fucking mm-hmm. wigging me out. Right. We get a hard cut to Claire driving home. Mm-hmm. She sees the vision of herself on the road. Yeah. Slams on the brakes. It's funny that she didn't notice herself too, yeah. because it's wearing the same clothes that and looks exactly wearing, right. like her. <laughs> and she goes in reverse and kind of sees it in the rearview mirror and then goes forward again and she looks in the rearview mirror to make sure it's still behind her, but it's in her back seat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, God, fuck. Um, and she sort of just swerves off the road. I can't remember if the apparition did like a force rotation of this. this no, I think wheel. it was just her shitty driving. Okay. Um, it didn't kill her. The tree branch that's broken and the tree that she mm. crashes into comes through the windshield, but it doesn't make contact with her. It does not penetrate her. It's, Incidentally, <laughs> Trisha is watching all this happen for some reason. Yeah. She's just here, you know, so she is like, um, you know, 90% of all traffic accidents happen within a mile from your house. Um, but anyway, she starts charging after Claire. Claire, Claire, get out of the car. Claire. <laughs> Sparks ignite. Flames engulf the vehicle. You know what I mean? <laughs> For kill number five. Kill number yeah. fucking five. Claire, a.k.a. Blondie, yeah. a.k.a. Lindsay's bestie. Right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it and it just kind of happens and it's over, I guess. Well, uh, almost. But then we, we have that same music. We mm-hmm. have that same vibration. We feel it pass to Trisha. We feel it pass to the mom now. Yep. We're cutting to the bridge scene here where this is where um, Aiden, as he describes to Lindsay, his mom would come and read her uh, her uh, grimoire here. She would yeah. practice her religion here, right? And she was, she literally looks at him and goes, that's why you brought me here was mm-hmm. <laughs> to just yeah. like, tell me that? Well, and he's like, I brought you here to tell you that you need to leave this town because yeah. there's only one version of this that goes down and I don't want you around here for it. Mm-hmm. So is homeboy softening up a little bit to Lindsay because so far he's been tra- portraying this really like Edward Cullen, like brooding. I'm yeah. keeping a lot of intel from you for your protection. You yeah. know what I mean? And all that. So he's starting to kind of, his walls are coming down a little bit. Lindsay's fucking digging it. Cause this is just the first dude that hasn't tried to take her to church. I know she, <laughs> she's such a high school girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Socket to me, Cassius. And then we have just like another short scene of Dylan at the station where he's like, you're not doing anything, officer. You he goes to the same only cop. No, I, no, I, I, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. The, the, and it was the population of the police in the city was one. Right. <laughs> I am the police department. <laughs> we saw more EMS workers as extras yeah. in this movie than we saw fucking police officers. They have uh, more stretchers in this town than they do police officers. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then Dylan was, you know, very much the the cult-esque leader at that point. He was just kind of like, you'll regret this, officer, mm-hmm. when we bring him to justice. I am the rightful hand of God. Mm-hmm. 100%. Full send, right? Yeah, let, yeah. let the Osteen flow yeah, through right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Um, so Dylan and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, <laughs> ambush Lindsay at her home. Lindsay's on her way home from this and every, this, and they're just there. And he makes that comment. Dylan says, I love you, Lindsay. I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Tapes her mouth up. You know, uh, his name's Roy. I'm sorry. I keep saying Dale Earnhardt fuck Jr. Him. I don't give a fuck, but like they put her in the car and Roy, uh, not Roy. Sorry. Dylan is like petting her, trying to like calm her down. He's like stroking her hair and kissing her on the Which forehead. Which exactly is the thing that after doesn't he just work. like bound and gagged her and forced her into a vehicle, they go to church and Dylan's dad begins doing this kind of like exorcism slash cleansing. Klaatu Barada. Trish is there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Trish is there as well. So she's with her stepdaughter, I suppose. Um, she's like, baby, we're gonna get the evil out of you. And I guess they do because then it just cuts and they come home like they were just yeah. done with that. And like, wow, I really felt the presence of God in that room. I am cured. Well, yeah. And then Gr- Trisha starts going on about like, you yeah. know, seeing the Virgin Mary yeah. and everything's I've fine. I've seen all now. these visions and I'm pretty sure I talked to Jesus. She's like, and baby, are, yeah, yeah. yeah. Li- she's like, Lindsay, and there's something you got to say. And she goes, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Probably my favorite line of the whole movie. So that I, I just think it's fuck you. Yeah, just, well, just the way she delivered that was so fucking funny. Like, please don't ever allow that to happen to me again. Right. Um, and as the night is winding down, remember that Trish has the ghost, the curse on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she experiences the same kind of reflective the person's behind me, the person's whatever. What does she drink? Oh, fucking Drano. Yeah. Because she thought she had hit. So she's like running away from the apparition. She goes up into the bathroom and she goes to pull out what she thinks is one of her secret vodkas that was not. Right. <laughs> And she, like, goes to down it, and she just starts chugging Drano, and yeah. she just starts <laughs> vomiting her fucking insides like out. tomato basil soup starts coming out of her. Yeah. Or kill, kill number six. six. All right. Roy is fucking pissed, okay? Because <laughs> Roy gets home late. I guess they had a little bit of, like, cleaning up to do after exercising yeah. somebody at a church. So he makes it back, shakes hands with Dylan and everything. There, are, There's police they lines around their house quick. and everything. And the cops won't let Roy come into the house. Nope. Nope. You can't come in. He's like, I can't come in. That's my fucking house. And they're like, I'm sorry about what happened to Trish. And he goes, <laughs> tears down the police line, does this like little temper tantrum, double fists the car a couple times. No, I can't come you. in. Yeah. Right. Roy's not having it. Uh, so now, uh, Lindsay now properly fucked yeah. is like going to go back to the spindles house and demand answers at this point. It's time to get to the bottom of this. Right. And we're still kind of, uh, bouncing around her actually knowing what's going on. Sure. And we have this weird scene, like it, this felt like it came straight out of twilight where yeah. like, you know, Sadie says her fucking cute quips and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's like your play dates here and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Twilight fans will know that Sadie is the Rosalie of the... I don't expect you to know that, I but got trust nothing. me, that's going to fly. <laughs> trust me, that's going to work. Yeah. 
Uh, so Lindsay goes upstairs with uh, Aiden, and Aiden like starts putting this like I like you. I think you described it as squirrel semen. Is kind of yeah. Like, it was this weird like like old Wiccan recipe salve thing mm-hmm. where he's like marketing it on her body and that kind of thing. It's like it's it, light armor. It's like light armor. Okay, thanks, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I wanted real armor, so right. I fucking kill myself. Right. And he's like, all right, we have to go get the book back. Well, Lindsay knows that the book was obtained by, like, Dylan had said something to them while they were arguing earlier about how the cops gave it to my dad because my dad's a pastor. And I'm just like, fucking whatever. Because I guess that's how fucking That's where repossessed items go. That's where chain of evidence goes? Right, yeah. (laughs) I'll handle that. All right, sir. (laughs) So then we just kind of have this quick scene where, like, they got, uh, Lindsay and Aiden go to retrieve the book. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the spell is the key to breaking the curse. Yeah, Aiden has known what's going on the whole time. Um, Sadie has known what's going on in the the whole time and everything, you know. And so this, it's very clearly that the Spindles were in on this the whole time, not from a participatory standpoint, but they understand what they have to do to ultimately. Well, it was this. participatory. Aiden, however, is breaking the protocol <laughs> because again, he softened up. the 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 lion fell in love with the lamb. You, you know what I mean. Cock. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're in the auditorium where all of the mega church shit goes down, right? Yeah. And she even makes the comment, she's like, I used to work here, which is <laughs> weird. Because if anybody works for a church as a musician, please let me know if you get paid, because I need a job. <laughs> and I will fake it until I make it. <laughs> also, I like that it was so easy to break into church, because the only person that locks their church doors is Joel Osteen. Yeah. And that's only in times of tragedy, uh-huh. <laughs> so that other people can't come right. in. When the walls are packing more than $20 million. Oh yeah. my fucking God. Yeah. So um, anyways, uh, then the only importance after that is the boys come up. They're like, oh fuck, the book's gone. Right. And you know, <laughs> Dil- Dylan's talking to his minister of father and you know, they're going at it again. They're having that father son mm-hmm. tribulation. And he's like, Dylan, I need to speak with you alone. And like, he just puts his hands on his, Dylan puts his hands on his hips. He's like, all right, boys, I'll meet you in the truck. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out. Boys. <laughs> oh, they're boys. Cronies. <laughs> Paul was one right, of them. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here the whole movie like, who the, who the fuck, fuck is, is Paul? <laughs> they said his name more times mm-hmm. than actual characters in this fucking movie. Right. But anyways. He uh, he's talking to his father, and it comes out that j- the murder of Sean and Aiden's mother was happened because of the minister. Because the minister was helping Jimmy Grogan. He had just come back from the war. Yes. He was super traumatized, and apparently, the way you help people like that is by sucking them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, "I had to hide the secret. I couldn't let." the faith that I had instilled in this town mm-hmm. to fold because I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like Dylan even says, this conversation dies in this room. Yeah. A hundred percent because my father reigns in heaven. Yeah. My real father reigns in heaven. Well, your real father swallows. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> your biological father. Yeah. A hundred percent. And keep in mind at this point, we did gloss over this, but um, Lindsay is now seeing the ghost version of herself because yeah. she was in the room when she witnessed Trisha's death, her stepmother. She picked so the up, curse yeah. is officially on Lindsay at this point. Just wanted to make that perfectly clear. Yeah, That's where definitely. their urgency is coming from at this point. Sadie at this point, they get the book and they bring it back to the house. 
Sadie at this point has a gun brandished and she has completely lost control. She's done with Aiden shit. She's done playing games with him. So like your I said, brother killed himself for this fucking cause. 100%. That you brought mm-hmm. on us. You found the spell. You brought this on this household. She says, and you're the one that's cucking out. She says the burning times are back for the rest of the world. It's yeah. time for the witches <laughs> to get their fucking revenge on everything that they have been through throughout decades and decades and decades and centuries and centuries and centuries. You know. I put it down as Sadie starts blasting. Yeah. <laughs> um, while this is going on, the pastor and the... Well, it's not even the pastor. Sorry, it's it's Dylan like and the Dylan and the gang. Yeah. Um, show up at the house. And... Um, Aiden and Lindsay make an epic escape, I guess. Uh, it's it, And by that, I mean they sort of just they get out, the get window. out because the plot has to move forward somehow, yeah. right? Um, Sadie, however, gets captured. And I hate it. Yep. I fucking hate it. Um, Dylan pursues Aiden and Lindsay down through the woods, and we get this kind of chase scene. I don't know if you want to remark on the cinematography of this at all, but um, it, it this was, was one of those glaring mistakes. Right. Yeah, no, I I caught actually uh, apparently it was part of the oops that was on the IMDb. There you go. But yeah. I, I caught on to it where uh, so as they're trying to escape or uh, as uh, Aiden and Lindsay are trying to escape, Dylan sees them outside of the window and says, I'm going to go take care of that. Paul, you're with me. Roy, you're going to watch the bitch. And I was like, first of all, it's pronounced witch. <laughs> <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it it was, uh, but, uh, so as they're chasing them through the woods, it's clearly like five 30 in the morning. Like it is like dawn is breaking Mm -hmm. or breaking. You know, that shade of blue that dawn is, you know what I mean? That's what was happening atmospherically among the trees with the lighting. Dumbfound dead actually has a uh, song about it. Really really cool. Into the, into the pink blue dawn. Okay. Anyways, uh, but it keeps cutting back and forth between Roy, who is with um, Sadie, who is tied up and, you know, duct tape over her mouth and uh, and going back and forth between the chase and that scene. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the scene with Roy and Sadie, it's very clearly like midnight. Like it is midnight darkness. As black as it gets. As, but- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Anyway, so Roy goes on this diatribe about how he's actually a soldier of God. Mm -hmm. I had a particularly tough day and I started drinking and, you know, God spoke to me and said, you're supposed to be a soldier of mine. I want you to go cleanse this earth of all of its evil. Go forth, Mr. Clean! 100%. (laughs) Sadie has has no way out at this point. I'm still kind of hopeful for her because I like We're hoping there's some some level of magic, even though, like, thus far, like... All they've been able to do is make. <laughs> this is why we need Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. That's yeah, uh, um, but anyway, like there, there's that ob- there's that obvious level of like Sadie is about to get iced, right? And there's yeah. nothing she can do about it. Roy pours gasoline on her in the shape of a cross. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. I did not. You did. <laughs> I did not Maybe actually. Not. Actually. I did not pick up on the fact that it was a cross, but but mm-hmm. fi- but finish what you're saying because I I had such an issue with this fucking scene. I'm just gonna go ahead and move on after I say that that's our kill number seven is Sadie. Kill via, number fucking seven. Gas fire. You have to burn the witch. As <laughs> stereotypical and cliche as it is, you have to burn the bitch. The witch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Got it. Count it. This was here's the thing, right? So while (laughs) he was pouring gasoline, so when when they were actually capturing Sadie in the house, yeah, for some reason she didn't have her gun on her anymore, but she had a giant thing of lighter fluid that she absolutely doused, doused Roy in. And when you see, I guess it was a cross. I saw a straight line when I was paying attention. And it was right next to Roy. That motherfucker should have also been on fire. Yeah. He should have also been on yeah. fire. But what it's do fine. I know? So kill number seven happens. Um, Ghost Lindsay is following real Lindsay through the trees at this point. She's on a tree branch. She's a mom. It's like the, fucking nom. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we make it to a dock. Uh, I think what happens is Aiden ultimately has to intercept Dylan yeah. to give Lindsay a chance to escape. Yeah. Um, and he has that moment with the pistol in his hand that uh, Sadie had, which I want to believe is the same pistol that Sean shot himself uh, with. Yeah, at the yeah, beginning. yeah. I mean, part of me wants to just believe that. No, there's a revolver. Cannon. He shot himself. With he? A sem- okay. he shot himself with a semi-automatic. Or there, he has a semi-automatic later on in the movie. Got it. Never I think mind it was like then. a Sig Sawyer or something like that. But he gets that moment of redemption. I do have it in my notes. The proper quote as Aiden is about to like uh, end fucking Dylan right here uh, is thy pain is thy cleansing. That's what it and was. And that's that's what it that's what it comes down to. Um, meanwhile, Lindsay is being uh, uh, forced into the water off the dock by this ghost Lindsay, mm-hmm. the curse Lindsay, or whatever. Nega Lindsay. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's just, uh, this is the point of the movie where we really are like, okay, we're kind of at our final girl, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. this is like, this is all that we have left. Mm-hmm. So I, you know. So we kind of see like, the Nega Lindsay mm-hmm. kind of bobbing up and down in the water with that Lindsay. That word is spelled N-E-G-A, by the way. That's a Scott Pilgrim <laughs> reference. Uh, you know, she she pulls herself up onto the dock somehow with all of her immense strength. And, and it, all of the Submariner crew that's helping her <laughs> up. In the, you know. And then we get to, uh, you know, she gets back up on the dock. And this is like one of her, her what's supposed to be her last tribulation is the... The Auntie Lindsay is now. I'm there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is handing her the rope that is on every dock yeah. and like handing it to her and forcing her to. She does like the wax on, wax <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to kind of make her choke herself with it. You know how Doctor Strange opens a portal. That's how she was. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and like as she's like pulling it tighter and tighter, Aiden comes to the rescue. He pulls it off of her neck. Uh, for some reason, the spirit just kind of fucks off yep. while he's in the vicinity. I don't know if it was his own magic from putting the uh, incantation or the fucking wax the or whatever. The consecrated squirrel semen. Yeah, yeah the yeah. consecrated squirrel semen yeah. on her shoulder. And we kind of have one of the most Twilight scenes in this whole movie because he's like, I have to kill myself because I love you. Right. I need you to promise me that you were going to burn this fucking book after I kill myself. And, and they, she, they, yeah. And she hits that moment of acceptance. And the very first time I watched this movie, this was my favorite part of it because he goes to put the gun under himself, like under mm-hmm. his chin. I, I do want to mention real quick, that they share the most Anakin Skywalker, Padme Amidala kiss that I've seen <laughs> since Attack of the Clones. She did this, just get choked. This so. is an... <laughs> This is an unfounded romance, in my yeah. opinion. I get that y'all both hate Christians, but that isn't, in my opinion, grounds for a sexual relationship. Yeah, it's not exactly Bonerville. Anyway, yeah. 
Uh, so he points he, the pistol at himself. Yeah, he puts it under his chin, and then you watch him blow from the side, mm-hmm. like as the gunshot goes off. And if you're paying attention to it, you already know what happened. So then, you know, Dylan comes down. And we'll call it kill number eight. I mean, yeah. well, I Oh, mean, it's I, kill number fucking eight. I think we'll call it kill number eight. There's there so much suicide eight. in this movie. Uh, that via, counts. Via gunshot. Via, via gunshot. Mark that. <laughs> and then we run into fucking Dylan coming down the dock. Right. And this is the moment where you, again, had every opportunity to follow through with, your, with what your mission was. Mm-hmm. Because Lindsay takes a cool 25 seconds to slide over pick the handgun up and point it at Dylan. And all the time he's like holding the rifle in his hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, what's his name? Is Paul. Behind him. <laughs> Paul is behind him for emotional support, I suppose. He's like, Dylan, what are you yeah. doing? Put the gun down. Yeah, he's like, shut the fuck up, Paul. Shut the fuck up, Paul. <laughs> I came here for a reason. Yet he's allowing the girl to arm herself and point it at him and everything. He was like, well, damn, I thought you were going to kill yourself. You had to be next in line to end the curse, right? Well, if you knew that, why are you standing closer to her? Anyway... Uh, she just shoots him yeah, right for kill number nine. And he's and like, Paul's like, fuck he's this. He's like, oh, God. You know, kind of. Kill number fucking nine. Dylan via Dylan. gunshot via Lindsay. Via um, heart. <laughs> via heart. And so we get another hard cut and it just, they, we kind of get that like pan out from the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul uh, beats it back up the dock in a way. As one does. Right. And now it's Wednesday again, my dudes. And <laughs> I guess. So she was wearing the same fucking dress. So I don't know. I don't know if a week went by. I don't know if three hours went by. We don't know. It's been one week since you looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. I want to sing it so bad, but I'm not going to sing it. If you want to pick up this part, because I think you drew attention to this. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Oh, with... Because uh, this is the big twist that we've yeah. been alluding to this whole time. So right? they they do uh, show us, you know, the coroner and everybody, like, on the dock of the bay and fucking... <laughs> sitting on a dock in a bay? Yeah, just fucking trying to figure out what had happened yeah. here. And they the coroner explains that he got shot in the chest from the side. He did not take a bullet to the dome, which means that he did, he did not commit suicide, which means the curse is not fucking over. So who killed him? Oh, fucking Dylan. With, right. like, <laughs> with his long rifle. With his racist aim. <laughs> <laughs> May my bullets be true and white. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, so now it cuts to uh, Lindsay... Being our number 10. Yep. And just getting fucking iced. Because she's killed by the curse. Mm-hmm. And we have one of my favorite post-credit sequences of yeah, all time. Yeah, no, go it's ahead. It's not even post-credit because it's happening during the credits. Mm-hmm. But every survivor of the instance, we see them having committed suicide. And it's like... Because um, the curse was on the town. It was on the town. Right. 100%. Because this is just vengeful witch shit, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't fuck with it. That's all I'm saying. Um, it's not like fucking the uh, one cop is go ahead yeah I was saying it's not like no way home where you're, yeah. try, you're trying to like augment the spell right. to be like this person's fine yeah you're cool make Fuck. this person forget this bitch <laughs> um the cop has blown his brains out uh pastor has hung himself you know all that so it's I like, just put it as kill 11 through 3000 sure, yeah because <laughs> it didn't stop no it didn't stop again there was one cop I'm pretty sure everybody that could shoot was on this and died so or killed themselves right <laughs> and that was such a beautiful tie up for the movie yeah. too is like and I know uh 
the people who've listened to this podcast kind of get this at this point, but I get fucking rock hard for killing everyone. Right. I, I love when movies are just like, fuck it. Yeah. Absolutely not. No, no final one. girl, <laughs> no bird, nothing. You can be you know a final I mean? girl yeah. in the same way that Nancy was a final girl sure. in yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh-huh. But it's because you were killed last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that speaks to like the genre of horror has a great opportunity to not end happily with the stories that they tell. You know what I mean? Tell me Goosebumps wasn't one of your favorite shows. Exactly. You know? <laughs> 100%. And that, that's part of what made this movie so much fun to me. I mean, we were talking in the very beginning about this, about what was so interesting about this movie. Uh, what was objectively just a kind of weirdly like a murder mystery kind of vibe. You know bit, what I yeah. mean? Like a, kind of just everybody trying to piece it together. The people that are in the know are giving vague glimpses at mm-hmm. the truth. And the people that know what the other people know are just inherently evil. See, they don't know that I know that they know that I know. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I, I just think it's a cool it, it like I'm using the word twist gently because it 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 makes me want to believe that this in this universe never stopped happening right you know what I mean and it never like, stopped happening in the town in the town yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. and so there's this like weird ghost town that just has this presence on it which is just <laughs> fucking sick to me right oh no we don't go to Grovestown <laughs> okay no season two. <laughs> <laughs> So you you kept it hidden at the beginning. Yeah. So what would you rate this movie? Yeah, I'm gonna lean towards a five and a half six on this guy. Okay. I, I think the writing was from a dialogue standpoint pretty true to the script. I think it was pretty mm. on the nose with what you would expect people to say and that kind of there weren't a whole lot of standout quotes for me that made no, me like no. feel compelled to think about this on a deeper level. What did make me feel compelled though was the the cinematography. Um, the setting was gorgeous. I thought there were a couple of really good acting performances, specifically from um, the person who played Sadie, the person who mm-hmm. played Lindsay, and the person who played um, Aiden. Yeah. I thought were pretty on point. It's hard to be a broody emo kid. Like, I'll be yeah, honest. Like, I yeah. tried to do that for four years in high school, and I didn't get anywhere with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's, Aiden, it's hard to make that look good, and he did a good job. So, you know. Aiden was very much that he did the best for the role that was written. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, I, I think it's a cool idea. I like the idea fundamentally of things not getting resolved. I like tricking the audience into making you feel a sense of security or a sense of resolution and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then like robbing you of that, that's kind of sexy to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sort of like tease at the end of it, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. Um, there's not a whole lot to this one for me in terms of subtext or like deeper meaning and that kind of thing. It's just a good story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, me personally, I give this movie an easy six. Mm-hmm. You know, I think 6.5 was probably being generous at okay. the beginning. I agree. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the dialogue was kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, the story was great. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, there was a lot of standout acting in it. And honestly, uh, I was a fan of the cinematography in it yeah. because there were a lot of, like, for example, with uh, the cousin earlier on. Mm-hmm. They did an amazing job of doing the classic horror trope of the monster can always walk. Right. And it's always still right behind you, uh, no matter what. And whereas, like, through the rest of the movie, it was kind of, it didn't quite feel that way. Where it was, we didn't feel pursued. Yeah. We just felt like it was just there. Yeah. Every time, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it wasn't like, it it didn't feel like a hunt. Mm hmm. Even though she was the one that was escaping this more than like anybody else. Yeah. You know, um, I really loved. 
the fact that the pastor had a relationship mm -hmm. with the guy. Like I thought, I thought that was a beautiful pinnacle point mm -hmm. in this story because right. it, it, you almost watched Dylan's whole world devolve around. And him. that was what was so interesting to me too, because part of me wants to believe that Dylan knew that the only way they could have ended the curse on the town is if Aiden had killed himself, mm -hmm. but he was so vengeful and just wanted to eliminate the the family itself, yeah. right? You know what I mean? That he was willing to roll the dice on that, which is just kind of, that to me is just such a cool concept that somebody that's so stuck in their ideals would be able to say, like, fuck what the greater good is. Mm -hmm. This is what I believe I deserve. That's what the congregation felt at the beginning of the movie during the sermon and everything, you mm -hmm. know? And so it just, it all is kind of wrapped in a neat little bow at the end, despite the fact that we never figure out what the curse actually is. Right. It's just this book. It's just this spell. Yeah. You know? And we don't know where that grimoire even comes from right. or what the remnants of that, of the contents mm -hmm. of that is. Because what, what was really interesting to me is it felt like the gravity of what was happening based on the magic was so supreme. And at the same time, the witches themselves felt so underpowered. Yes. Like they yeah. felt like they had no defense. Like when Sadie runs into two guys with mm -hmm. guns, she loses and gets fucking set on fire. Mm -hmm. And like can't defend herself. Yeah. I and mean, I think she spits on one of them defiantly, but that's yeah. kind of just her personality and not her being <laughs> capable of defending herself. Aiden you know? hits one of them with a stick. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. <laughs> You're literally about to commit genocide on a town. Right. And you can't protect yourself. Right. I was, that's the part where it kind of like disenchanted a little bit mm -hmm. for me. Because I'm always a big fan of like, what is the magic? Where does it come from? Have a like, magic system established. And exactly. Kind of thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And maybe that's asking too much for a B-list movie. And that's but. what I'm saying. I don't even really know that that was what the point was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we're not supposed to understand the deeper level of what the magic was that was actually working on the town. What, you know. Exactly. I mean, so Eric, would you watch this movie again? Probably. And see if there was anything that I was missing. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it was shot well enough that I would, this is another one of those instances that I would like to look in the background to see where the shadows are, mm -hmm. you know, I, yeah. I feel like see if they are there. Yeah. Cause we got that little bit in the first one with Natalie where you see that and then, yeah. and then with her father as well. And if you hadn't mentioned the part about, is his name Bernie? I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah. If you hadn't mentioned the part about Bernie having the shadow in the background, I didn't notice that. So that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering what else I missed. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, again, like to that point, I, I think it was interesting that they kind of spoon fed you what was happening mm -hmm. by going kill one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, right. ten. And now we finally <laughs> understand, right? You know, it kind of evolves over time and that kind of thing. So, See, yeah. Yes. yeah. So yeah, I would watch it again. Um, as far as like potentially recommending it to other people, this is one of those that's probably for the right person. I don't know yeah. that everybody needs to go out and give this one a try, but if you're a fan of kind of like ghost stories, especially things that pertain to witchcraft, um, some kind of uh, magical hold over a town mm -hmm. or a body or a person, because we don't really deal with possession, despite the fact that they tried to perform an exorcism. It's more of yeah. like, it's more of an aura and not an existence. Well, that was also know? because they didn't understand what was happening. Right. So that's why the exorcism scene where she didn't need to be exorcised mm -hmm. was maybe like three minutes long. Yeah. And really just kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Aside from the fact that there are a bunch of religious zealots and shit. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I totally agree. I I would watch this movie probably like one more time. Mm -hmm. uh, I've watched it twice now. I think the movie's great. I think it's a super, mm -hmm. super solid movie. Um, and if you, again, like you're saying, if you're into witchcraft uh, or if you're into movies like The Craft or mm -hmm. something like that, something sure. where like you're saying there's that overbearing 
uh, sort curse. of ominous. Yeah. yeah, we don't really know the whole story here. Mm-hmm. You know, but but you kind of get that mystery throughout. Yeah. If that's the kind of shit you're into, this is absolutely a movie for you, and it's on Netflix. Yeah, you know. It's been on there since like 2008. And like you said, so. what, like a, an hour and 28 minutes? Hour or and 28 like, minutes. So again, it, we're, we're talking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> perfect dinner in a movie territory, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, do you have any closing thoughts on this? Not a whole lot, man. I just, I really appreciate the effort from coming into it with a cast that's relatively unknown. I'm not familiar with the director. I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. who wrote or produced it or anything like that. It's kind of clocking in that territory of like, this is a really good, like, CB tier horror movie. Absolutely. That people just don't know about because it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, we were laughing at the beginning about how the award it won was something like best direct to home video or something like that in the uk in the uk specifically <laughs> or something like that which felt like a weird award i mean that's an award that's recognition there's no such thing as bad publicity but that felt like it was already being put in a box of this will never do well on a global scale mm-hmm. yet it's still pretty strong <laughs> you know so i don't know um i guess my only closing thought is i would like to dedicate this episode to joel osteen mm-hmm um oh who's that uh the guy who should probably help the world more than hinder it oh so think, yeah i'll i'll leave yeah. it at that i think i i think i said my piece already so <laughs> if you listen to us on spotify which i know you can afford yeah. i would uh recommend helping more people um mm-hmm. i as a person that does not make a lot of money do a lot of charity events so if you ever want to donate to one please hit us up at under the floorboards and i'll recant everything i fucking said mm-hmm. i can't imagine that's going to happen but you can pay him to say it in Spanish. See. Si. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, guys, thank you for joining us on another episode of Under the Floorboards, where it creaks and cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.